As we continue in our worship this morning, we have the opportunity to worship with thankful hearts in the season of thankfulness in response to the gift of salvation that we have received. We give because God delights in giving to us. Let's continue to worship as the plates are passed around and as we continue to sing.
this is our Father's world. And our Father loves to see his children, his children worship. On that note, go ahead and have a seat. Kids, come on down. Pastor Danny has a word for you this morning. Man, what a joy it is. Um, I, I don't know if y'all see the joy across my face when I have the chance to be with those kids on, on Sunday morning. It is an important time for me, and I wish you could be up close and see uh, and be a part of that. Hopefully you can, at least those of you on the, the front few rows. But it is a sweet, sweet time. But isn't that true of the church? That God has wired the church and fit us all together, much like the human body, that we need one another, that we are connected to each other. It's good, good news for us. Um, if you're new with us today, um, we are thrilled that you chose to walk through these doors. Um, and we don't wanna take that time for granted, um, take that choice for granted. So if you're new with us, thank you so much for being here. Hopefully already you feel very welcome in this place and have been greeted by a number of people. Um, if not, if you haven't already, you will be. I promise you that. But if you are new with us, in front of you, there should be a card that says connect here. If you would just honor us by filling that out, and then at the close of our time together, when you exit those doors, I will be in the back. You can just hand it to me, um, or you can put it on the bar to your right. It's where our Ask Me folks are, and um, if you could just put it there, we want just a record of your time with us so that we can begin a friendship with you. It's very important for us, so thank you for being here this morning. We're wrapping up Colossians. We are in Colossians chapter four, and Paul has led us through these past 13 weeks talking about just how awesome Jesus is, and that we don't need anyone else or any other thing in our life to know purpose and meaning and fulfillment other than the person of Jesus Christ, and that is incredible news to us. That's why the gospel is called Good news because he is the all-sufficient Savior. And he's asked us to grow up in Jesus, that we've heard about Christ. Now he's asked us to grow up in Jesus, to become more and more like him. He says, I want you to take off the old self and put on the new self. So Paul is saying, listen, I, I don't want Jesus to just stick in your head. I want you to start putting him to work in your life and begin to take steps in following him to allow new patterns and rhythms to emerge in your life, exchanging the old ones for new ones. And now we find ourselves, he's wrapping it up in chapter four. So let's stand together and we're gonna read those verses together. Just, we're just gonna read verses seven through nine of chapter four. Tysicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Thank you, you may be seated. You may be seated. In this last few verses, Paul begins to throw around a lot of names, people that have blessed and ministered to him and people that this small church in Colossae know very well and have been a blessing and have ministered to them. And he has talked about 
Onesimus and Aristarchus and Demas and Nympha and all these other people. And it reminded me this week of two truths that I just want to mention briefly, and then we're going to do something we've never done before. The first is this, is that the church is made up of real people who live in real life. Each one of these people that, that Paul has mentioned have their own vocations, have their own jobs. There are probably moms and dads and work in different parts of this small little town or, or have been a blessing to Paul and are in prison with Paul. They all have their own journeys. But what's really cool about these people is that, that Paul loves these men and this woman um, that he mentions in this verse and these people have not just have known Jesus, but they have been able to begin to walk with Jesus. And things have begun to take shape in their life. And Paul says, look at these folks. These are real people in real life putting to practice the things that I've been teaching them. So this is the first reminder for us is that the things that Paul says about Jesus aren't just theory. There aren't just philosophical musings that people just gather in a space like this and say, wow, what do you think about this? Or man, that's really cool. No, he is teaching things about Jesus that he says will reverberate through your life, will change everything, how you think about relationships, how you love one another, how you do work. He says it's real life. Jesus intersecting where the rubber meets the road in your life. The second thing is this, that I see in these verses when he starts listing all these people is that by design, we receive and obey God's word together. That we aren't on our own. Just like I was sharing with the kiddos that we are connected. That's the nature of the church that we aren't just all hands doing our hand thing or eyes doing our eye things, but we are connected through joints and ligaments and uh, everything binding us together and as we receive the word of God Paul says now do this together right do this with one another forgive one another admonish one another walk with Jesus together he says you are interconnected and you are called to be real people following Jesus in real life and you do that by walking alongside one another and helping one another singing songs together that's what Paul is illustrating for us in these verses. So today, we get to do something we've never done before, at least as long as I've been here. I, I know you get weary of me preaching, right? You don't, listen, you don't have to say yes or no. <laughs> you don't have to say yes or no. But listen, what we're gonna do today is, is because we're talking about the church, not just a preacher, um, we're talking about the church and we're talking about real life, I wanna invite people up here that I have a lot of respect for um, that are gonna share with us uh, how they've been trying to wrestle with these own truths they've discovered or rediscovered or been reminded of in Colossians, and they're gonna share them with you. We're gonna have a panel this morning, folks. Now, I've already been asked because a few people know what we're doing. Can I ask them questions? No. <laughs> we don't have enough time for that, but in the future, we may carve out some time in other places to do this, but what a beautiful way for us to say this isn't just things we talk about at 9.30, from 9.30 to 10.30, or from 11 to 12. This is real life, people. This is us saying Jesus matters in the words and things that we do and the regular rhythms of life. So let me inv invite Amy, Art, and Quinjay up. Um, we have these beautiful um, 
None of them are really alike, chairs, right? These two are, these two are. And uh, Ethan and I are gonna kind of be here too and kind of help moderate some things uh, in case Quinjay just really starts talking for 30 minutes. I'm gonna rein him in, I'm gonna rein, no, just kidding. Um, but what, what, what a delight. Uh, and so we're gonna share these mics. Is that how this is gonna work? Okay, that's one way to hold people accountable. Does anyone want my mic? Okay, so um, I've already kind of prepped them. They, they know the questions that I'm going to ask, but I want you to hear them. And uh, so the question I've asked um, these wonderful people that I love is, how has Colossians, the course of these 13 weeks, challenged or blessed you or encouraged you? Yes. Quinn is going to start. Sorry. I guess since I have the mic, I, I do have to start. Um, I'd like to say, first of all, that one thing I've really loved about our church is Reverse. Reverse has revolutionized the way that I study the Bible because it forces me to look at one passage in multiple ways. Hearing it here, um, studying it during the week and we also have a small group, which Ethan is part of, um, and we also talk about the Bible pretty rigorously in that one. So I'm grateful for the ability that this church wants to empower me, which is to study the Bible mm. over and over again. Um, Colossians has, has been particularly great. Um, I, I've loved how we've looked at other books. So when we studied Corinthians, we, we went over certain chapters, and there were certain chapters we'd skip. But what I've loved about Colossians is we've actually gone through the entire book, every single verse. And, and to me, that has been fantastic because I've really had to dive in, understand why Paul is writing certain things in a particular way, understanding the background, and then bringing it to me. Um, and I've really loved it. So just, I just wanted to start off by saying that. So starting off with the first question, um, how exactly has Colossians blessed me? I'll have to say, I've looked at Colossians and I've realized that the Colossian church is very similar to our church today. Um, and, and I'm talking about the church in general. The reason why I think there's a lot of similarities is because when you look at the things that the Colossians struggled with, I think those are very rife in our society um, today. There's a, there's a lot of division between this is what I think everybody else is saying in the world, and so I need to hold to that perspective, versus looking at what scripture says and saying, mm -hmm. I will hold this as being eminent. So when I looked at that background and I saw the similarities, so this is what the Colossian church is going through, and this is what we're going through today as a church, I looked at Colossians in a different light because at that point, I got to see that what Paul is saying and what the Holy Spirit is saying is to me, it's to our church, um, and so, it's blessed me by seeing that the things that they struggled with are the things that we struggle with today. Um, so I can start off with that. Do you want me to go into, into the scripture more? Or? Yeah, do you have a verse of scripture that has spoken to you? Yes, yes I do. Um, and there have been many scriptures really that have spoken to me in Colossians, but the one that I think has, has really hit home is in chapter two, and it's from verse eight to uh, verse 10. So I'm going to start reading. Do not let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So 
you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. That verse is so powerful to me because it shows me that the lies that are rife in America and in the world today are not because you know men just come up with them, but because there are spiritual powers behind mm. those. And that is a testimony to how active Satan is. Um, I think most people here know that I'm, I'm from Africa. And in Africa, we, we have this saying. Um, it says, when it is the dry season, stay out of the tall grass. Because the tall grass in Africa is, you know, it grows really tall. It, it'll be about six feet, sometimes eight feet tall. And that is where the lions like to lurk. Everything will be brown and golden. And the lion's mane and the lion's skin is brown and golden. So if you're walking in that grass and you're not really paying attention, a lion will be you know, upon you just like that. And I look at that analogy that the Bible speaks of Satan, just how he's roaring lying and looking for people to prowl upon and to take down, and how he comes hidden in philosophies of the world, in lies of the world, and then he utilizes that to try to get to the church or to try to get to people and make them think that this is wise, this is you know, something that you need to embrace. Mm -hmm. And when I look at scripture, it's telling us basically that, you know, don't fall for this, don't fall for these philosophies, don't fall for this human wisdom that seems wise. There's, there's a wisdom to it that you look at and you say, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. And the Bible is saying, don't fall for that. Christ mm. is more than sufficient. Christ is more than enough. Thank you, Quinjay, very much. Well, good words. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. And I guess I'll, I'll at least speak to a few of my peers as I look around and I see the, the no hairs and the gray hairs in the crowd. It, it is a little bit humbling when, when you look at the panel and you realize that You've been invited up here because you're now the senior guy on the panel. Oh, surely not. Uh, but no, but I, you know, but as, as we were praying before we came up here, um, Danny was talking a little bit about just seasons of life that we go through. And, and it, it just kind of prompted me to think about, um, you know, over the decades, how many times I may have studied Colossians but I, I see things anew because I am in a different season of life. Hmm. Uh, it's no longer the working life. It's now that retired life where their time and different kinds of demands are upon oneself and one's family. Um, for all who, who joined me in that life, you know it's really, really grand and, and I'm loving it. But it is a little different application. So I'm, I'm going to back up one verse. Uh, Quinjay started in 2.8. I'm going to go back to 2.7. One of the things that Danny asked us to think about was, was a challenge. And this is a verse I probably studied umpteen times in different uh, Bible studies. But 2.7 says, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith. No doubt, rooted as all of us who have accepted Christ can say, we are saved, we are rooted. But there's a direct correlation between being firmly rooted, that which isn't seen, mm. it's all under the ground, and then what's being built up, what's up on top, what that tree looks like up, up on top. Maybe, maybe uh, this past week after 
uh, Danny asked us early in the week. We've had our, our grandson stay with us for several days, and one of the things that I've enjoyed with my three-year-old grandson was either driving around or walking around in a wagon and looking at the trees changing colors. And we were talking about the orange leaves and the gold leaves and the brown leaves and, and all that. We have that in San Antonio? Um, there, there is a little bit There's of season change bit. happening right now. <laughs> Maybe not as much as in New England or, or wherever. Um, but, but not just the beauty of nature, but kind of the dichotomy of, of, of this example too with trees and being rooted. Because I grew up in South Georgia. Very different. We have pine trees that will grow to 50, 60, 70 feet tall. Yes, the soil, the quality, the consistency is different. And Jesus told some parables about soil quality and what happens with different types of soils. But those trees are in the ground. As a matter of fact, uh, we lived through a couple of hurricanes that passed through there. They don't knock those pine trees down. Those pine trees will snap off halfway up and the top will fall off. But those trees don't come down. A little bit unlike the, the trees in, in uh, South Texas are indeed beautiful. But that, that deep root system just isn't there because of the root quality or the soil quality. And so that makes me think, I know... I am rooted. But how deeply rooted am I? What do you really see? You see me around church. You see me in different activities. But there's a lot that goes on outside the church walls. Mm -hmm. And so, so the challenge to me then is to make my soil amenable to deep roots. Mm -hmm. So that what is built up that you see is really a product of those deep roots in Christ. Awesome, thank you. All right. You're up. Ladies first. Well, like art. It's on. It's on, great. Like art, I've been reading the Bible for many decades. It's embarrassing how many decades I've probably That's been reading the Bible. <laughs> um, and I am, and, and, and like uh, Kvenjay, I I'm so grateful for this church and for the structures it gives me. So um, uh, he mentioned Reverse, and that I, I would say an amen. Everything you said, that has really been transformational to me. But even more so is the structure of the everyday prayer. So Danny didn't set any of us up for this to, like, to give shameless plugs for these things, but this is really... Um, a really important part of, of why I'm here and what nurtures me every day. Um, and, and Colossians has, being able to read through Colossians and then see, being able to go to the gathering and um, be watered by the study of my brother Blake Coffey. And, and I said to him uh, a, week, a week or so ago, um, you know, I've read the Bible for decades, and I come here, and I learn something new every time I'm in your class. And so, um, so, so, in, so the verse in Colossians that has really, that I kept coming back to, so I have a lot of verses here in my uh, journal that I bring to the gathering, but the one that I kept coming back to as I was praying in preparation 
to be here today was uh, from chapter 3 um, in, in verses 2 through 4, um, which starts out, Let your thoughts be on heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth, because you have died. And now the life that you have is hidden with Christ mm. in God. When Christ is revealed, and he is your life, you too will be revealed in all your glory with Christ. And I just keep coming back to those words. Now the life you have is hidden with Christ in God. And um, so, so I'm not... I, I'm not I'm not preaching today. I was very clear about that. And so I don't even know for sure all of what that means for me right now. But, um, and, and, and that's really what's challenged me is, is to really begin to sit with this verse and have the discipline and intention to sit with this verse and, and to keep listening to what God will reveal to me about this verse and what that really means to have a life that is hidden mm. in Christ. Um, so that means that I need to show up. So, so what, where, where I am continually convicted by Colossians is, is not just showing up here. That's actually, you know, easy, right? The, the, the hard part is to really show up every day and, uh, and, and, and hear God's voice everywhere, like in the song, This Is My Father's World. It's one of my favorite songs. God speaks to me everywhere. Well, God, does God really speak to me every year? God probably does speak to me everywhere if I am paying attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. This is my turn? Yeah. All right. Um. No. <laughs> Look, the Word of God is alive, and the text might be written in a book or on a screen, but it's the Word of God. Uh, as, I was, as I was praying through this, this question, I shared this actually with our small group as well. The thing that stuck out to me, uh, Danny challenged us at the beginning of Colossians. He said, guys, it's not that long. You could probably read this every day, but I challenge you, just even read the reverse, just a couple verses every day or every week. And... I tried to make a point to read through all of Colossians a number of times. Uh, I think I got through it about 20 times or so. Probably should have gotten through it more. Um, but the thing that each time I read through it, I always stopped at the beginning of verse 2 uh, before what Art and Quinjay said. In verse 1, Paul says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all of you who have not seen me face to face. And the reason that this has been a challenge to me is because Paul is struggling for these people. And he's like, I want you guys to know I'm struggling for you, but they may not have ever met him. And I'm sitting here leading music and, and pastoring through worship and thinking there's a lot of faces here. And people that I've probably met, people I haven't met, and people who walk through these doors that may be like, well, I've seen your face, but I, I may not have seen yours. And I'm sitting here thinking, Paul, 
how do you have a heart that struggles for mm. people you've not even met? Mm. Who are the people that I'm encountering, even in my everyday, that I'm not struggling for? And I was really convicted and challenged to say, God, help me to struggle for even the people in this room, the people who watch online, the people who I may not see face to face, and then grow my heart from there to maybe others. But I, I was really challenged in this. Paul says, I want you to know how much I struggle. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding the knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ. If we you know, walk through Colossians, the fullness of Christ, this whole letter is about Jesus. Amen? Amen. And we're learning so much every single week. There's so much packed full in it. Are we walking away saying, grow my heart, Jesus, to be like you? That's my challenge that I've, I've been given. Uh, man, y'all have um, just reminded us of some awesome truths and challenges and blessings you receive. But really quickly, share with us, um, as I said, it's one thing just to muse on these things, right? To think deeply on these things. But it's another thing altogether to try to apply them every day, like you were saying, every day. Um, so kind of share one way. What is one way that you have tried to apply the truths that have meant the most to you over the past several weeks? Go ahead. I'll, I'll start. I, I had several written down here, but I'll just do one in the interest of time. Um, and it really comes from Colossians 4, 5, and it talks about how we deal with people. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. You know, throughout this book, there were a number of lists, as Paul has written in other lists, what it looks like to put on the new man hmm. or put on love. Um, but our uh, Sunday school teacher, Gene Messick, read or paraphrased one of St. Francis's quotes, and it said, uh, let me be able to share the gospel today and, if necessary, use words. And I kind of linked those two together and just thought, wow, all those lists of, of things that we ought to be doing, speaking with grace, showing love to one another, that ought to show the gospel if words alone weren't needed. And so that's kind of one of those applications for me, how to work with other people. Yeah. I'm great at talking. And uh, my, my husband says that I've never had a humble opinion. Um, today's my 18th wedding anniversary. Mm. And um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but, but that's not due to me. That's really due to, to God and to John, um, mm. who has uh, hung in there with me. And, um, but, but he has been saying to me lately, gosh, you know, when I'm with you, there is so much in your head. It just feels like you're not really present with me. Mm. Um, and so, John, if you're listening to this streaming, just let know that I've heard you about mm. that. Um, and um, so, so really what I'm convicted to do more of is just listen. Listen to John for sure. Um, 
But also Pastor Chris has challenged us to listen. Mm -hmm. Like that's a step, right, in the process. There you are. That's a step in the process of, of living out the Great Commission and, and being that witness outside of here in other places. Uh, so, so that's, and, and at work, of course, work provides us also a lot of feedback about uh, uh, ways that we can be more impactful in the world. So the way I can be more impactful is to be quiet and, mm. and just to listen better. Thank so you, Amy. That's what I'm working on with God's help. I struggle with living the Christian life to the fullest. I struggle with that on a daily basis. Um, it's something that I pray to the Lord every day for him to make me into the Christian I'm supposed to be. Over the last year and a half, he's convicted me to be a better witness of work um, because you have to be a witness in Jerusalem first. In order for me to be a witness, I need to be a witness to the people I see on a daily basis, and those are my coworkers. Mm. Um, my neighbors who I get to see when I get off of work. And so I remember praying to the Lord and saying, Lord, enable me to be that Christian that you want me to be. If it starts by me saying one word, two words, let me do that because I want to be that Christian. Mm. And over the last year and a half, he has brought a, a friend of mine um, at work who is agnostic. And, and I've shared this a lot with my Sunday school class because he and I have conversations on a daily basis about the Bible. Um, he's very much a person that grew up with a knowledge of God. So he, he was Catholic and reached a point where he struggled with who God might be and so walked away from that and now holds to the perspective that I believe there's a God. I'm just not sure I want that God to be the God of the Bible. Mm. And so he and I would go about on a daily basis, just having different conversations about Christianity, about life, um, about everything that we face. And it's fascinating that in studying Colossians and in studying the verse that I spoke of, I got to see the reality of how active Satan is in de deceiving people. He is working daily. Because a society, we have placed our faith in the government. We have placed our faith in the erudite people that seem to have an understanding of philosophy, and those are the people that we look at and we say, this person knows his stuff, so I'm going to hold on to perspective, to that perspective. And so for me, I've looked at the Bible and said, all right, Lord, I know for a fact that you are true. I know for a fact that you're eminent, even as Paul mm. says in Colossians. How do I show that to someone who doesn't have that foundation at all? And I realized that the way of doing that is just speaking truth and not being afraid of speaking it. Just saying, look, I see why you hold on to that perspective. Let me share to you why I believe what I believe. And you will not believe how that has opened the door to, to the gospel being preached um, uh, with the place where I work at. And I know for a fact that it's working because the devil took him away from San Antonio and moved this guy to Austin. So, so I knew him. Like, Clearly, he doesn't want to hear, mm. he doesn't want him to hear the truth. Um, but going back to, to, to living it out, I just, I pray the Lord, help me, help me to do this. Help me to, 
to speak to my, to my Jerusalem, to speak to my, to my neighbors and, and my, my co-workers. Mm. Um, Ethan, do you want to add to any, any of that before we wrap things up? Um, so grateful for their voices, and, and hopefully you've been encouraged uh, and been reminded of the same truths that they've shared with you out of Colossians today. I mean, what a reminder um, that God is not just at work in Ethan's life or my life, or, and not only do we have things to say, but God is working where you are, if you're listening, right? Um, if you're listening, and God wants to use you where you are, um, uh, God is imminent in your life, uh, and will you walk with him? Thank you guys so much for being with us today. You guys give them a round of applause for joining us. Um, we're going to move into a time of response. So here's the question that I have for you. Are you listening? Are you listening? Is the word of God just something that you take out and muse about every so often, but is it intersecting in your real life, at work, at home? Are you trying to apply these truths where you are? Are you desiring new rhythms to emerge in your life, getting rid of old ones? It may be this morning that you just seem to confess the Lord and say, Lord, I have just treated your word too lightly. Your Jesus has been too small in my life. And then anew you can say, Lord, by your grace, help me to walk with him every day. That may be your response today. You can do that right where you are. You can, you can pray along here. Our commitment to you is, is that someone um, out here worshiping will come alongside you and pray over you and with you. Um, it, it may be, let's just be honest, it may be that there are several of you who have never walked with Jesus. Never. He's only been a thought or an idea. Paul says, Jesus is the real thing. He's the image of the invisible God. Will you walk with him? Will you believe in this man who died on the cross for your sin because you have been thankless, you have rejected God, you've gone your own way, but he died for those choices, that brokenness and that sin, so that when you put your faith in this man, Jesus, the Son of God, who died on the cross and rose victorious over sin and death, that you can have life anew, that you can have forgiveness of sin and be restored back to fellowship with God. Jesus said in John 17, three, this is eternal life, that you may know the one true God and the one whom he has sent. Does that describe you? Do you have eternal life? Well, the word of God says today is the day of salvation. Will you allow the Jesus that is in their life walk with you in your life by putting your faith in him today? We wanna know if that is true of you. You can, I'll be down front. You can tap me on the shoulder. Pastor Chris is right here. You know who he is. You can let him know. Let your neighbor know. Um, but believe the gospel. Obey the gospel today, even if it is for the very first time. Let's stand together. We're gonna pray and then we're gonna sing and respond.
Uh, Father, God of grace and glory, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your spirit who speaks to us through Paul and now through this little letter. Um, Lord, transform us. Help us to be men and women, sons and daughters that walk in Jesus. And Lord, I pray that the person who has never believed would put their faith in your son right now, right now. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said amen. Let's respond. Out 
Sealed the promise, your. 